this should be a fun one. So, oh yeah. Truth be told, at the end of the last podcast that we recorded, we're kind of throwing around. Once the cameras clicked off, throwing around like mm. got a list of topics that you know we we whittle our way through. But then popped into our heads, we're like, what if we just discussed what we struggle with, right? Like, what what is it that these days? Even <laughs> after so many years of CrossFit and so much knowledge of the methodology and countless workout sessions, it's still hard. It's still a grind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got a list. And you said that you had a list as well. And so oh, yeah. here we are. So, so so let's set the groundwork so people know, yeah. uh, you know, how long, even though you've said this in other episodes, how long have you been doing CrossFit, et cetera, et cetera. So when you say that something is still a struggle, they'll realize like, yeah. oh, wow, even after so long, Adrian struggles with fill in the blank. The first CrossFit workout I ever did was in 2004. And I've been going pretty consistent since then. And, you know, there's some peaks and valleys along the way. Yeah, <laughs> and, okay. Uh, I'll tell you, from my perspective right now, it's hard to tell if I'm in a peak or a valley currently. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And I started in 2005, so you've got a year on me, and I've been profoundly consistent. I mean, I used to miss time yeah. in the gym pre-CrossFit, but like something about CrossFit, I, I really don't mm. miss sessions. So I've been, I've been steaming pretty hard now for about whatever that comes out to 16 years. Who do we say is going to go first, me or you? I think you're going to go first, okay. but let me, let's, let's preface this a little bit. Okay. And I think it's important because sometimes people come into conversations like this and, you know, again, what we talk poorly about the Instagram attention span, and rightly so, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that it's easy to fall into this mentality of, um, you know, the inspiration soundbite. And oh, yeah. No excuses and mm-hmm. <laughs> things of that, you know, cliches that come up that really don't serve anybody that uh, I guess they can prove to be motivating in some circumstances, but really what they do is set up a false expectation, in my opinion. Um, So I think it's important that you start framing things like this as the reality of committing to something long-term. And it starts to open up the possibility that things are not going to be black and white. You're always going to have to be improving on some things and you never put some things to bed. I know Mm -hmm. that years ago there was a series on uh, CrossFit Journal called Killing the Fat Man. And some people loved it, some people hated it. But what I thought was really profound about it and universal was that whole element that went into the title. It's like, hey, you know, you, you can't kill this guy. He's always going to be coming back and, and knocking on your door. And, uh, you know, I'm not somebody that personally struggles with weight issues, but there's plenty of other things that run along a similar trajectory. You, you never put it to bed completely. It's always going to be something that you have to keep in mind. And that's the reality of life. So here we go. Perfect lead-in on several levels because kind of in keeping with the killing the fat man, my first thing that I struggle with even to this day is nutrition, diet, food. And that is, that is the top of my list. We covered this in a previous very not random podcast where I talked about the fact that I was an overweight kid and, and overweight for, you know, my adolescence as well. Husky, I believe, was the, mm. the, the nice term that they would use. But, and I hear some people, and, and I got my life together, right? I mean, I've Leaned out, yeah. body composition's good, the whole nine yards, you know, looking at me, you, you probably wouldn't know that I was heavy, younger, et cetera, et cetera. But what some people, and I'm not one of them, I hear every now and then is maybe some people are eating bad, they cleaned up the diet, they got rid of the processed food, whatever it is, 
And maybe they did that for three, six, nine, 12 months. And then for whatever reason, they had that treat that they always mm-hmm. craved, that ice cream, that sandwich, whatever it was. And they're like, oh, my taste buds have just changed. I just didn't even taste good anymore. <laughs> and I, am, I love vegetables so much. <laughs> I am not that person. I don't care how disciplined I am. Uh, you know, talking about still being the same guy and that guy not going away. I don't care how disciplined I am, how many months go by. When I have that treat, that whatever, it releases a rush of endorphins and wonderful chemicals in my body that's, that's equally powerful as the first time I ever had it. It's even more delicious because I haven't had it. Like, in, <laughs> And I could have it every day, every meal. It, it's, it's a constant little demon that lives in me that I could eat junk every meal. I think it's fantastic. I think it's delicious. The advertising works for me. The chemicals that they put in it works for me. It's, it's as addictive as a drug. And so me maintaining any sense of body composition or sanity or health is through not only the knowledge that I've learned as to what actual clean eating looks like through CrossFit, but then it's it's just straight up not sexy, old-fashioned, just discipline of making a different choice mm-hmm. of, of that's yeah. it. And and I know that if I eat the bad thing, I'm going to feel bad because I've been eating clean. The attraction to eat it is still there, even though mm. I know I'm going to feel so bad. And I cave in every now and then because I'm because I'm human for sure. And I pay for it. And I swear never again. And then it happens again. And then I swear never again. You know, and and but those are far more infrequent than they Mm -hmm. used to be. They're not the norm. The norm is me eating clean most of the time. And every now and then I have, you know, slip ups. But to say that like, oh, I was heavy when I was younger, struggled with food when I was younger. Yep. Figured that out. Killed the cravings. Negative. To to this very day, a massive struggle for myself. And just, it probably always will be. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, We're talking to Stefan Rocher on a previous episode, and he is, in my opinion, one of the most uh, pragmatic people when it comes to nutrition. Like he's such a wealth of information about Mm -hmm. all things training, but his ability to work with young athletes and just say, okay, here's what you need to do next step and take away all the complexity around it uh, is is really admirable. And one of the strategies that he has his kids do um, is basically find a meal, tweak it so that it's reasonable portion, reasonable macronutrient breakdown, Mm -hmm. and then log that meal as like a go-to. And after a couple of weeks and a couple of months, you should have a couple options for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that are go-tos that they don't have to be flashy. They don't have to be the most delicious meal you've had, but they're good. There's something you're going to eat and you know that they are in line with what you should be doing. So do you yeah. use a strategy like that to help keep you on track? Or like, how do you, how do you manage to, I, like, I know you've obviously got the discipline to do it, but what other tools, if any, are you using to uh, kind of keep well, that at bay? Largely, it's the discipline, quite frankly. Okay. And, I, and I do allow myself, you know, a, a cheat or treat at scheduled intervals, you know, once or twice a week. And, and that works for me. I know some people can have a nibble here and a nibble there. That's not how I work. I've learned that the hard way. It's good for me to know that Wednesday night, I can go ahead and get a slab of carrot cake or you know whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. What served me really well was I was fanatically, strictly adhering to the zone 
diet, you know, many years ago, but I think I did it. I did it for at least a five year stretch. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like hardcore, if not as long as seven now. And I don't weigh and measure to this day. But what that did is gave me a fantastic calibration of my eyeball yeah. and what appropriate portion is and is not and the glycemic index of certain foods. And that has that has continued to serve me uh, to make sure that when I am making choices that I make good choices. And I will say these days, the I do break out the scale every mm-hmm. now and then, but it's usually to make sure that I'm eating enough and usually protein. Like if I'm going to put protein on my plate, I want to make sure that I'm getting enough protein. The scale gets broken out then. And if I'm filling the rest of the plate with some avocado or some fruits and vegetables, I'm not really concerned about the portion of fruits and vegetables because I'm not filling it with, you know, Hawaiian sweet rolls, which, you know, there's a lot easier, <laughs> you know, it's a lot easier to go off the oh, rails. They're so good. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> Tastes so good when it hits your lips. Yeah, it's so easy to just, you know, before you know it, there's like four down the hatch. But. Yes, exactly. And so, I, you know, I've, I've made some things that I've made some adjustments. You know, I do find, you know, some fruits and vegetables actually quite good and I have developed an affinity to them just through repeated exposure and i eat very little processed food actually in mm-hmm. in, in my daily life other than when i allow myself those treats so uh eating clean has kind of become a lifestyle and i do enjoy how good it feels and i don't enjoy the food hangover and i'm also yeah. and and that helps the discipline like i really as, as corny as it sounds i really like feeling good and that's yeah. why i eat yeah. well it's also why you know i don't drink and I don't drink for any crazy ethical or spiritual or whatever reasons. I don't like how my body feels after the fact. So I don't even go down the path, period. And it's the same way with me with food. So that kind of knowing how the end's going to feel mm. usually helps me make good decisions. But I allow myself that pressure release every now and then. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like that scheduled pressure release is something that really yeah. works for you works so for that's, me that's works cool. for me yeah. i don't i can't just can't be left to my own devices you know and, if, <laughs> and and i only buy what i'm going to eat right so that's you oh, know that's a big one yeah if it, i, mean, I don't can, want it in the house yeah we could spiral off on a huge you know, like nutrition only and maybe that is a, a great example of a future episode that we could expand on but right. um, yeah i think that strategy if nothing else is like don't buy it and keep it in your house if Correct. you don't want to be eating it. You know, yep. go out it, and get it for a treat or like... Exactly. I you know, drive make to it the a, grocery make it a store. Yep. I drive but to the grocery store. do not bring it back into the house. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Yep. So that, you know, that's my biggest... Another, here's a hardcore one that I've heard along those same lines. Uh, actually, my wife and I dabbled with this years ago and it was, it was like, okay, if you want a treat, you can have any treat you want, but you have to make it. Oh, so there's nothing. You can't have anything pre-made in the house, but like you want cookies, you got to bake them. Okay. Do you still really want them? And, you know, sometimes you do and you're like, great, let's spend the morning doing that. Other times you're like, eh, it's not worth it. Yeah, I'll do it some other time. I've got other things to do. Well, and with the cookies, as soon as you make the cookie dough, they're just as good <clears throat> as the cookies. So just start eating the cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, and you're solid. So, yeah, that's, that little demon continues to live in me. Mm. Okay, well, I'll go next and I'll kind of, uh, this is actually second on my list, but I'll, I'll jump in because thematically it's consistent. Uh, I also have a hard time with eating, but in a different way. I was going to say, I, I'm curious to hear where this is going. Yeah, I've never had a problem. Like, I, I don't have a particular sweet tooth. When I was younger, I did, but I, I, I really don't enjoy a lot of sweet stuff these days. Like, as much as anybody else, I guess, but it's not something I find myself like, oh, I really want to go get XYZ. 
it's more like a uh, opportunistic thing that if we're out for dinner with friends or something and somebody orders dessert, I'll have some of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that I reach for on my own. So not not ever really a big problem there. Um, but I don't prioritize my own eating. And it is very easy for me to get up in the morning. I'm good about breakfast. I'll usually get up in the morning, make a good breakfast, and then I'll get busy with my day, do whatever I have to do, especially now, you know, like uh, with work and, and other responsibilities I've got right now. I'm very busy. And it'll be common that after breakfast, I'll start grinding. And then it'll be seven o'clock at night, and I'll look up and I'll say, oh, I guess I should probably eat something else. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. And so it is a, it's a perpetual struggle for me to make the time to eat on a regular basis and to eat enough to support my activity level. And I, I realize that that's probably rare. And it, yeah. it segues into another one that I've got. This is my fourth one on the list, but I'll leave that to say, later. Is this the key to your leanness? It could be, yeah. I mean, it's just like a like a decades long caloric deficit. <laughs> you and I need to <laughs> meet in the middle because I'm not one to miss a meal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so that's that's a tricky one for me is uh, frequency and volume of food consumption and well, making you, sure you to threw set it my way so that. I can throw it your way. Do you have yeah. a way to correct that? Yeah, uh, you know, recently I've been getting back to it. I'm not flawless yet, and not where I want to be yet with it. Um, but taking the time the night before to lay out what my next day is going to look like Mm -hmm. and consciously insert time where I'm like, I'm going to eat at this time and putting it on the books is a game changer for me. The days that I do that, I'm like, yep, I end up at the end of the day and I'm like, okay, I feel like I've supported myself nutritionally. Mm -hmm. The days that I don't do that, I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to go to bed. I don't want to, you know, I just want to turn my brain off and end this day and, and, you know, move on, right. I'll wake up the next day, go, 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 go. And then it's off the rails. So yeah. that's, that's a big one for me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're an opposite spectrum there. Were you, were you about to take it on a tangent? Do you want me to go back now? Uh, no, I think that's uh, pretty wrapped up and that, okay. that's something that's been, it's a consistent theme through my life. <laughs> well, I'll exist on, on fumes until it's just not tenable anymore. You know, well, it's two hours you know, it's, it's 1230 in the afternoon here for me. It's later for you. So now have you had lunch or have you missed lunch today? I did. I ate lunch today. Okay, and that's right, actually, so it's a win. That's part of the reason <laughs> I was late as I was scrambling and I was like, ah, I got to eat. And I, I had to make the decision. I was like, do I text Pat and suck it up and say, hey, I'm going to be a few minutes late or do I not eat lunch? And I was like, I need to eat. So Look at you. Okay. Good yeah. for you. Good for you. All right. <laughs> and, and not to get us off on a tangent because they said you don't have a, a sweet tooth of cravings, but if memory serves, don't you have a, a niche thing that you crave, like some unusual um, licorice oh. or some sort of, what is it? Yeah, but that's just good for you. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I love like like Scandinavian, salty, brutal licorice. I love it. <laughs> brutal. Like I grew up, oh yeah, it's, it's the worst. Like most people just, they're not interested <laughs> at all. Um, but I love it. I can't get enough of that stuff. But it is harsh enough that you have like one piece and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> it's, not, okay. it's not really conducive to like massive consumption. Okay. Well, yeah, that's a blessing yeah. right there. Okay. Uh, heading back to me, the next thing that I struggle with to this day, no stranger to you or anyone that, uh, that knows me going overhead ending okay. overhead. It's just a running joke with me. And it's, it is what it, my overhead position is terrible. You would think I was 
somebody would think I was messing with them. Like if I backed <laughs> myself up against a wall, so my shoulder blades and my butt were touching the wall, and then I locked out my elbows and raised my arms in front, and you just saw where they stopped. They would stop so far oh, out in front, nowhere near the wall that you'd be like, come on, you're joking. That's ridiculous. And it's it's the truth. And that's how I was when I started 16 years ago. And it's kind of the same right now. And that's not for lack of effort. I mean, just over the course of all the wonderful and well-intentioned yeah. human beings that I have interacted with around the world through CrossFit, for people who specialize in, you know, flexibility, mobility, and everyone try this band ball, this, this, um, you know, motorized gun, try this, whatever, try this routine. Uh, it, it, it's, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just structural, right? Maybe it's not. Well, muscle, let me say two things about that. Having, uh, having, you know, been friends with you for a long time now, number one, I can, I te attest to the work that you have put in on that. Like it's, it's definitely something that like, you're not, <laughs> right. you're not taking the easy way out on that. Uh, and second, let me put my optimist hat on for a second and say, okay, if you're somebody that struggles with overhead position or lack of flexibility naturally, and you've effectively maintained that same range of motion over a, what is it, a 16-year period? 16 years, yeah. Yeah, I'd call that a win. I think, I think left to your own devices doing nothing, yes. that's only going one direction. So the fact that you've maintained it in the, in the face of it being not great to begin with, I think is still a win in my opinion. Yep. So I appreciate that. But you know, for those at home that I've been trying to get loose for 16 years, right? Okay, so, so some things are, are, are a long-term project that might never quite be finished, right? Like the addition to your house that still isn't, isn't quite finished. And the other part of that, which is, you know, it's not all hope is lost. Even with that limitations, shall we call it that, like no one goes, oh, Pat Sherwood, huge clean and jerk, right? Just massive split jerk. <laughs> Nobody associates me with massive weight overhead, right? Even with that deficiency, tremendous fitness is possible through mm -hmm. scaling modifications. And when I do go overhead, I just, I just go lighter and that's okay. Or I use dumbbells a lot when I go overhead because they're a little more, while they're more demanding, they're also more forgiving that if my left shoulder's tighter than my right shoulder. My left arm has to be a little bit more out in front. I know that's not ideal, but that's that's me. And the dumbbells let me do that. And so you can still get a lot accomplished, even if you have something that appears to be chronic. And as much as you'd like for it to go away, it isn't. Learn to work around it. Learn what you can do. And, and like you said, mm. also continue to try to remedy it. Don't give up because even if you don't remedy it, I think you make a good point that even maintaining is a win mm -hmm. and not, not losing range of motion. So, yeah, anything overhead, that's, that's my number two right there. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to take it in a different direction. Uh, this one is, I think, something that you also share. I, I suspect it's going to be on your list, but for a different reason. Um, my second one... It's actually my, my first, but jumped a second for the nutrition tie-in, uh, is sleep. Um, but not in the, the common uh, sense where I have trouble sleeping or I'm not a good sleeper. Once I'm down, I have no problem. I can sleep through the night, no problem, deep sleep, easy peasy. Uh, my problem is putting myself to bed. I mm. can always find something else to do. I can always find something else I'm interested in. 
I can always find a way to convince myself that like, ah, oh, just a little bit later. And, um, you know, I'm not a big TV watcher. Uh, so it's not, it's not things like that, but there's always something that I can find to focus my attention on. And then before I know it, it's way late. And then the next day is coming no matter what. So I've just cut off the back end. Ooh. So the, the, the struggle for me is constantly trying to establish the shutdown time and stick to it. That's a great one. I didn't put it on my list. And now that you say that, I realized that I should have, but get, but leaving it in your court with a hmm. with an honorary mention that yes absolutely <laughs> uh, is it are you not getting to bed just because are the things keeping you up that you're as you mentioned you're profoundly busy with what you're doing are you a workaholic and is it work things or is it other just miscellaneous hobbies and interests that occupy your mind and keep it can you up be, too late you know it can be both it kind of depends seasonally on what's going on uh you know with work or or outside of that uh, so sometimes it is work. That one I find actually easier to mitigate because I can recognize I'm like, oh, this is work. I need to stop. I need to step away. You know, that one is actually more um, identifiable. The insidious ones are like my personal interest, hobbies, whatever, you know, that, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. just a little bit more time on that. Or, well, you know, I'll just, I'll check out one more article on this thing that I, you know, have taken a, right. taken a, an interest in. Um and then before you know it, it's trouble. <laughs> and you're talking about it, so you're aware of it. And, and this yeah. has been a theme that we've touched on up to this point. Do you have some sort of a solution that you try to manage it or you don't even realize that you go at the clock and you're like, oh, no, it happened again. Time to go to bed. No, same thing. Same strategy that helps me with my meal frequency is the same strategy that helps me get to bed on time is setting a schedule and not being a tyrant with it. You know, I don't have to beat myself over the head with it, but a loose guideline of, you know, okay, here's what I have coming up the next day. Here's when I have to be up in the morning. Let's count backwards. That's the target time I should be moving towards bedtime. And What's when I take the couple minutes to do that, it at least sets me up on the path. I'm, I'm not likely to land like right on target, but I'll be right. close, you know? Well, when it goes well, how many yeah. hours do you spend in bed? And when it goes poorly, how many hours do you spend in bed? Oh, that's, and so that, I think, is the most illuminating question you could ask because I do have enough flexibility in my schedule that when I'm on it, I can get an eight-hour night of sleep, no problem. Mm -hmm. You know, that is perfectly within my ability to do. When I am not <laughs> disciplined about it, I mean, it's as little as, like, five hours, you know, oh, maybe less. You can only play that game for so long. Yeah, exactly. You know, what's yeah. good actually to pair with not sleeping is missing meals and not eating. I think that's a good combo for the body. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you want to work out regularly and, you know, like uh, be active. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great okay. combination. <laughs> uh, all right. So yes to the sleep. I'm, 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 I'm with you there as well. My next one, which I struggle with to this day, I don't think you'd, uh, it may not be a common one, but man, it is, I'm being brutally honest with myself, explosive power. Hmm. I okay. just, I just don't have it. At least I don't think I have it in regards to how long I've been training, et cetera, et cetera. And I think, you know, I didn't find CrossFit until I was 30. And previous to that, based upon the fact that, you know, my life stream was to be a SEAL and do all this stuff. Well, you're an endurance athlete. So mm -hmm. I spent the overwhelming majority of my life going long, long, long 
in, I mean, hours of running and swimming and nothing explosive in any way, shape or form and no real meaningful strength training. And to this day, I mean, I've obviously improved, you know, with, you know, cleans and snatches and all that stuff for sure. I mean, my hip opening and, you know, posterior chain and all that stuff is not even in the same universe as it used to be. But however, I still feel like it's one of those areas that uh, based upon what my previous life was, it has improved, but it's not, it's not going to blow anybody out of the water for the fact that, you know, I'm 16 years in. I continue mm-hmm. to do it. It's great, but it's not on my list of strengths. But I, I don't mind the slower lifts, quite frankly. I think, I think my slower yeah. lifts are, are wonderful, like my deadlift, front squat, things like that. Great. But, you know, we're not talking explosive hip opening there, yeah. you know, and uh, power clean. Hmm. No, not my friend. So, hmm. all. And have, have you noticed, like, um, like, have you gone through cycles throughout your training where you do try to increase the volume of those particular lifts to see if it does accelerate the progress there or improve it? Like, have you noticed anything that, that does kind of push the needle forward? Or is it one of those things where you're like, no, you know, as, as much time as I want to put into it, it's a diminishing return and it really only sets at one point that uh, i think is more of the latter right there okay. you know so for example you know um a, a 225 power clean is about that's that's about my upper limit right there like that's that's what i've got for you and i would yeah. much rather squat clean it any day of the week <laughs> i would i would much rather <laughs> squat if you if you said hey there's 225 in the bar do you want to do 10 power cleans or 10 squat cleans it's the easiest decision in the world for me. i would so much rather wow. do 10 squat cleans it's it's not even i don't have to pull the bar as high i don't care about the leg strength <laughs> i don't care about the leg strength required to stand the bar up i my leg strength I actually feel is, is quite good. I just don't have to elevate the bar as high. I'll take those squat cleans any day of the week. The, the elevating yeah. the bar, uh, it's just, you know, again, it's far better than it used to be, but it's not, I would, I would list it as one of the things that just, I, you know, I continue to struggle with, continue to work on, but, but that's okay. I'm, I can still be wonderfully fit, even having that be an area of, you know, needing improvement. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting one. This is so specific. It's uh, that to me really speaks to one of those elements that, without a lot of training, um, that would be a hard thing to self-identify. I think mm-hmm. so. That's really interesting. I think those are the types of things that reveal themselves over time. Once yeah. you put some some, some years and, in, and, you know? and it could be unique to the individual as well because I I also feel like I Absolutely. personally am one of those athletes where the top end on something like the power clean, for example, the top end might not be that impressive, but I can move 90% over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over and over again, just fantastic. Yeah. But then, but then there's not much more till you hit the ceiling. You know, that's yeah. just, that's just kind of how I've, uh, I've always been, you know, for better, or for worse. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you know, well, learning, you're learning a bit about me, Boz. <laughs> All right, I'll move on. Uh, mine is also kind of movement based here and workout specific. And this is one that is a little bit, um, I think it could come across as a humble brag. And I certainly okay. don't intend it that way because it is a legitimate thing that can hold me back. And I think it's not obvious if I were to just say it without context. So okay. here we go. So, uh, the, one of the things I struggle with is, is relying on the fact that I have good movement and good technique and hiding behind that 
uh, instead of truly putting the foot on the gas pedal from time to time and truly trying to kind of push the limits of my workout. Mm. Um, it's, you know, I, I move well. I have pretty good understanding of a lot of the movements we're going to be doing in CrossFit and beyond that, you know, like I, I have a pretty decent movement vocabulary. Mm-hmm. I grew up doing a lot of uh, kind of individual sports with a focus on that sort of thing, you know, gymnastics and acrobatics and rock climbing and stuff like that. So it's easy for me to get into a situation where I'm working out and I default to, well, I'm just going to like set up and be flawless and these are going to look good. And that justifies me not pushing to a point that I know I should be, especially on some workouts. Yep. And, uh, I can, I can use it as a mental escape from the intensity that I know I should be pursuing. We're talking so about kind of a tricky classic one. threshold training. Correct. Yep. The speed wobbles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't, you don't get to the wobbles too frequently. No. And when I do, I convince myself that like, maybe I don't need to be doing that or, you know, this is outside the bounds of what I'm comfortable with, but that's not the case. I have plenty of skill reserve. Like we were talking about in a previous episode, I've, I've got enough skill reserve that I should have more confidence pushing that. And so it leads me to believe that it's just kind of that, you know, once, once shy, twi- what is it? Well, once bitten, once bitten I can't remember. Shy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, and, and for like the I- listeners, for the listeners or viewers at home, potentially new to CrossFit, I don't want them to misinterpret your message and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what, you know, what, what Adrian's saying here, if you're listening at home, he's not talking about getting to the point where the movement is reckless, you know, where the exactly. movement is dangerous, yeah. where the movement is whatever. It's just, you know, you're pushing the pace a little bit that, that now you've, you're starting to pull early in that power clean with your arms instead of, you know, having this, uh, the, the flawless, you know, not bending your arms until just the right moment because, because you're trying to push the pace a little bit. These inefficiencies mm-hmm. pop up, if you will. And, and those inefficiencies are usually indicative of you entering, you're kind of bumping into the, the boundaries of your, of your performance and your, your, you know, uh, doing it right and doing it fast. And you're trying to maneuver both right at the limits of your capacity. And that's a wonderful place to be. There's a lot of development that occurs there. And there's a lot of self-knowledge that occurs there as well. But you're, you know, hesitant or reluctant or, or don't go there too frequently. Do you do you ever have an intentional session where you're like, this is going to be the session this week that I'm going to, I'm going to let the wheels shake a bit or no. You know, I, I have in the past and I haven't recently and I need to get back to it. That's one of the things that like I've identified about my training recently that I've been resting on my laurels a little bit. So that's definitely something that like upcoming, I need to focus on a little bit more. And actually you've really helped me with this inadvertently. I don't think you've realized this, but you know, we go back and forth uh, texting once in a while, you'll shoot me a workout and you're like, Hey, try this out. And usually when you do that, that's when I set that aside and I'm like, I'm going to really try to hammer this one instead of just, you know, doing the training that I would do normally. So that, that has helped a lot. Um, and so, like I said, in the past, I've done that. I haven't been as, as good about that lately. And it is something I need to get back to, you know, quick tangent, since you brought up the text message, because <laughs> there was one that I texted you a while ago that was, I thought it was a sleeper. Like it didn't look that bad yeah. on paper. And then you wrote me back and you obviously had the same experience. Like, what was that? And I can't remember it specifically. But what's funny is it was several months ago and I just programmed it again. It's going to make a repeat. And it was, it was two short couplets with like five oh, minutes. I rest remember 20. this. It had the air bike. And the first one <sighs> was like, 
uh, a light power snatch and the second one a light power clean based upon percentages but mm -hmm. they were low like 50 or 60 percent the reps yeah. were low it was like nine calories on the bike nine power snatches and oh <laughs> that was so bad yeah <laughs> get so ready bad. if you guys are following linchpin get ready <laughs> oh so bad it's, it's gonna make it it's gonna make another appearance uh, yeah well before we before we put this one to bed uh, talking about this out loud instead of just like writing my thoughts down it's uh i i think there's something a little bit deeper in there and it's not so much that I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, the wheels falling off of my technique or whatever. It's that I have this uh, self-belief that there's this very narrow strip between my technique being good and then just falling off a cliff. Mm. But the reality is that I have a huge reserve of good technique because I do move well and I do have a good understanding of the movements. Um, but somehow I, I use that as an excuse to be like, well, if I just push too far, I'm going to fall off this technical cliff and that's not the case at all. I have a bigger reserve than that, but I use it to cop out on intensity. Interesting. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, uh, that intensity is a bear, man. It's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> a bear jump up and bite uh, you now and then. That's right. <laughs> all right. That's three down. Here's my yep. fourth one. I, and I have five unless one pops into my head. So here's my fourth one, second to last. Okay. Ah, I struggle with to this day feeling like I need to meet other people's expectations Ooh. with my workouts. You know, I wish that I could say that I was, and I talk about this a lot and probably because I struggle with it a lot is why I'm, I'm familiar with it. Like battling your ego, mm. realizing why mm -hmm. you're working out this for yourself. And it's not, you're not doing it for anybody else. And who cares what anybody else thinks? Make the smartest decision for you, right? The heck with what, the heck with all that other extemporaneous external social pressure. But the truth is also, you're just having a real conversation. You know, we're fairly well known in the CrossFit ecosystem. And so mm -hmm. people pay attention to what you do. And, and hey, you've been doing this for 16 years and you've been, you've been around for whatever. Like, I expect that you should have these times or these yep. lifts or these whatevers. And I may have a bad workout every now and then. And I hate to admit this, you know, going to do, you know, fill in the blank, whatever workout. And then at the end, Maybe I fell short of maybe not even my own expectations, but what I feel like others would expect me to get on that workout. And then I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to post this one on Instagram. What, mm -hmm. How how ridiculous and adolescent is it even for me to say that? But the truth is it I hate to admit it, but it goes through my head of like, ah, are people going to be let down that I didn't, mm -hmm. that I, it took mm -hmm. me 12 minutes to do this workout when I think it should have taken me 10, you know, and of course, nobody knows how I slept last night and, you know, all the other 5,000 yeah. yeah. factors that have to go into what that time was. But I feel, I feel the pressure to meet somebody else's uh, expectations every now and then. And I, I consciously try to put it to the side and I'm usually successful, but that little demon wins every now and then. And, um, yeah, it, 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 it chaps, it chaps my behind. So, uh, Dude. yeah. In the uh, parlance of our time, Pat, I feel you on that one. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a big one uh, for me also. And I hadn't written that one down, but oh man, I mean, even just this week, like last week I had a really rough workout. I've been going to an affiliate, which is fun. You know, it's new for me to, to be on the uh, kind of athlete mm -hmm. client end of the affiliate. Um, first time in my life actually that I've been a member and not you know, either actively coaching or part owner or whatever. Um, 
And yeah, I had, I've had a couple of rough workouts like that. And that's exactly my train of thought is like, oh, you know, I'm a kind of a, a minor fixture in the community. You know, people, they, they definitely have this expectation of me. I've been mm-hmm. doing it this long. And that's actually the big one for me is I've been training this long, like right. this big chunk. I should be here instead of where I am. You know, how is yep. it possible that I'm only here with all this training behind me? And then yeah. I spiral on that and it's tough to get out of it so you know yeah. or you're you know you they see you at the games and you're the head judge at the games and maybe somehow sure. they feel like that games magic should have rubbed off on you should be games little athlete <laughs> totally, or yeah. you know or i'm I, you know I, I you know program workouts i'm known for programming workouts yeah. so that must mean i'm great at all the workouts that i program that is not what that means in any way shape yeah. or form i mean um it's just i got plenty of bad days and plenty of things that i still struggle with but man Sometimes it's hard to just do that, and you know, oh, I almost went down another rabbit hole. But we'll, maybe we'll save that for a, <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Close call, yeah. close call. You pulled it out of the ditch. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, but that was mine. Okay, so now okay. back to you. All right. So this is my fourth one, and this was the final one I had written on the list. But okay. uh, man, you're, you're, you had some good ones. Uh, the fourth one that I had, and this kind of ties together some of the other bits and pieces, is that I often put myself last as far as priority. Mm. So when I look at the things that I have going on throughout the day, when I look at, uh, you know, responsibilities I've got to external, um, entities, I am way more willing to prioritize those and work hard at those rather than do the things that I know I need to do to make sure that I'm good to go. Uh, which doesn't make any sense when you think about it, because how could you sustain, your responsibilities to these externalities if you can't sustain yourself, you know, like there's, you can't, what is cheesy saying that you, what is it? You can't uh, pour from an empty cup, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and there's all sorts of kind of trite ways that people have described that phenomena over the year, but I'm very much, um, somebody who wants to get along, wants to, uh, you know, do right by other people. And, and sometimes that instinct can really, um, come around to get me because I don't put myself first. So I think that oh. ties together my not eating frequently enough, not getting to bed on time, stuff like that. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, I'll do this other stuff, do this other stuff. We, yeah. we could have another conversation on this and not to be, you know, United States centric, cause I'm sure it happens in other countries, but I mean, this is a, a massive problem in my opinion, anyway, in the United States is just the the workaholic culture of the never mm, shutting sure. it off culture, the tasks yeah. never end. You have 17 different platforms from Slack to Asana to whatever it is that constantly lets you know what you are doing or is not doing. And, and it's just, you get notifications on your phone 24 hours. I mean, it is, it is very easy to just stay in that grind and not have the quality of life, the personal time, the downtime, the just stress relief time, because there's always going to be 28 more emails sitting in yeah, that inbox. Exactly. Always. Yep. Man, are you, I mean, you would save somebody's life with this answer. Have you found some sort of a way <laughs> to actually manage that? Who, uh, you know, honestly, no, this is probably the biggest struggle that I have, uh, across like the breadth of my life. So, uh, I don't have a really good, succinct way to, to say that this is how I've managed it. Uh, other than, I guess it's one of those things that I'm starting to look at 
with a more examined eye on a more regular basis and own up to the fact that that is the case mm-hmm. and that is the default kind of action. And so through that awareness, it's starting to kind of shift things a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, uh, not to come back to the same thing I've said before, but I, I had the good fortune of taking this productivity workshop um, that was put on by these neuroscientists from uh, Berkeley back when I was living in California. And it was really interesting. They presented a bunch of different research that they've done on what people do to become, in their words, uh, to maintain peak productivity. And baked into their definition of peak productivity was sustainability. They're not Mm -hmm. interested in productivity for a short period of time that then cause burnout and a decrease in performance. They looked at what do people do to sustain productivity over the long term. And the big takeaways for me on that was you really are only going to be able to execute on like two to three key tasks a day. That's about it. And so if you are trying to balance between five, six, seven, eight different things, number one, it's a recipe for just mediocrity on all of it. And number mm-hmm. two, like it's an, it's impossible. You just won't get the result you're looking for. So starting to shift on a larger time frame, like you look at a week or a month identify those big picture things that you need to be doing to kind of move the needle forward in your life and place those on that timeline. And then Mm -hmm. the rest of the stuff can kind of like, you can kind of let it go. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And it'd be good if some people's, you know, just in multiple companies all around the world, bosses realize that about two to three big things is all you could expect each day because I think it's easy to throw four, five, six, seven, you know, or there's always a new task that's thrown out. And if you ever asked your boss like, oh, okay, you gave me this new task. It's of course top priority as is every other task you've ever given me in your entire life. So my question is, what would you like me to deprioritize so I can make this a priority? And they're like, well, no, we're not (laughs) deprioritizing anything. (laughs) This is just another top priority. (laughs) Just stuff it into your bucket and somehow make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that, so that, that's, that's, yeah, that's helped a lot. Like some of the tools there, there, there's a couple of other things that they expanded on that were really good. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's just the awareness of like, I have this tendency to do everything else except take care of myself um, and, and that goes, uh, just with like workouts too. Like there'll be definitely stretches where I like to work out. I, you know, it's something that's important to me. It has been my whole life and I will, I don't have time today. I'll push this off, push this mm-hmm. off, push this off. And then a couple of days go by and I realize I haven't been in the gym and I'm like, why I had the time. I have the inclination. What, what's, what's the disconnect here? Yes. Um, so yeah, for me, it's, it's really about just taking a good look at myself and being honest with when I am serving outside versus inside priorities. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that's a huge, a huge yes yeah. to that. I, I tell myself as often as I can that at a certain time at the day, at the, at the end of the day, like I just got to shut it down yeah. because you could stay on the laptop another three hours if you wanted to. Sure. You just got to shut it down. It's, it's a tsunami of work. It'll be there in the morning. And at some point in time, just it is what it is. Okay. Final right, one last for me. but not least. Yeah, what do you got? I struggle with to this day guilt if I need to miss a workout or if I miss a workout. And and mm. guilt is guilt is a light word. It doesn't actually really get across what happens to me both internally and externally. It could I'm gonna sound like a raging psychopath when I say this. <laughs> it 
if I don't get in my workout, I don't want to say that it'll ruin my day because that's very dramatic, but I feel like there is unfinished business or some some itch that I can't scratch or like there's like a splinter in me, like there's something that is unresolved mm. and it chews wow. and eats at me uh, in a very negative way, quite frankly, to so much so that it could even like sour my mood externally yeah. like i'm just i'm not as pleasant to, i'm very pleasant to be around as you know <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> but it's just it sours me and and people have to deal with me you know friends and family yeah. and, and that's not good and i think i think a i'm just an idiot every now and then and i think it also relates back to the fact of you like being heavy most of my life and all that mm. and not wanting to be that guy again. And that since that person lives in me, like I just don't ever want that slippery slope to start. And so I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. And, and missing a session is indicative of not having the discipline or time management or whatever with my day to actually fit in something which should be important. And it just spirals really badly. Mm. And, and this could be something where it would be really obvious that it's okay to miss the day, whether you're on a yeah. family vacation or, you know, you're going to drive your wife to the hospital because she's going to have a child, just throwing <laughs> things out there. Okay. <laughs> like hypothetically, things, <laughs> hypothetically, things that should be so obvious that you're like, oh, you shouldn't have a moment's worth of guilt about that. Oh, uh, wow. I, I just not, it's not how I'm wired. It's in, and, and getting in that workout, uh, is not just for me anyway, you know, I've, I've expressed to you and everyone else before that I don't necessarily enjoy working out. Like I don't enjoy the discomfort and the struggle, but I do enjoy what it gives me. And I think mm -hmm. the working out as much as it's good for my, my physical fitness, I need it each day. Cause like we're saying, you could work all day, just pressure, pressure, pressure. Mm -hmm. But for me, once the workout's over, it's that much needed pressure release for the mind, the soul, and I don't get that in too many other areas because other than that, we're just grinding all day long with work responsibilities, family responsibilities. There's very few things in a very busy life that are just 100% me and my time that, that yeah. yields some sort of a benefit. And the workout's probably that one. And so when that gets missed, I think all that other pressure from the day doesn't have a good, healthy release. And so if I have to miss a workout, it it eats at me in a way that isn't isn't healthy, quite frankly. And you know, I'm talking about it, so obviously I'm aware of it. But it is a it's a struggle. It's a legitimate struggle, and I don't miss many workouts because of that. Like even on yeah. a even on a rugged day that we have to get up early, I'll get up extra extra early to get it yep. in, just just get to in. get it in. And it doesn't even matter if it went well. I just know yeah, that I got it in. Be there. Just ha just have ah, to. That's interesting. Have to tick it off the to do list. Yep. As soon as it's ticked off the to do list. We're good. Quiets the brain. <laughs> it quiets the brain. Some sort of self-medication. Sure, psychiatrists uh, could have a field day with it, but, but yeah, that's wow. That's interesting. My final one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, I, I will say that you know you are absolutely as advertised. You're very consistent. You do not do not miss, and I, I suppose that's what drives that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. whether it's healthy or unhealthy, it gets it done. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. This whole episode, it's funny because when you suggested it, I was like, oh yeah, that's really useful. But just like I kind of preface the beginning, I, I, I do want to preface at the end here. I guess it's not a preface anymore, but you know, mm -hmm. semantics aside. Um, 
talking about some of these things I think could be useful. And I, I certainly hope that our experience uh, at least gives people insight to the fact that this is not something that, you know, you just shelve it and problem solve and it's easy. And from the outside looking in, I think it can be, um, uh, uh, it can appear that way. What I'm trying to say though is I, I listened recently to uh, somebody talking about this this culture of people finding the most uh, interesting thing about themselves to be their flaws. And like, that's a very new cultural thing hmm. where everybody wants to talk about their problems and just express them as like, oh, well, this is what kind of makes me a unique, interesting character are, okay. are the flaws, not my accomplishments, not my interests, not the, not the accolades I've got from externalities, things like that. Um, and I just want to make sure that people understand that this is not one of those scenarios that mm-hmm. we are, uh, you know, trying to highlight these issues for any other reason than to impart, hopefully, a couple of nuggets that we've taken from our own difficulties so that you can take them too. Yes. That was rambly I, and not very articulate. No, you're right. But hopefully but, you get the thrust. <laughs> but I, I think, in, and I would articulate that in that, and you touched on this in the beginning, that sometimes these days with social media, all you see is the, the home runs and it can yeah, give you this right. false sense yeah. of, everyone's crushing it. Everyone's easy. No one struggles with anything. What's wrong with me? That's utterly and completely ridiculous. This was just kind of peeling back, you know, see how Mm. the sausage is made, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, everyone's got it. There's no woe is me. Just, it is what it is. Everyone's dealing with their stuff. There is no way to get through life without sacrifice and just things you got to grind through. We all have them. Doesn't matter how long you've been doing this, you will have them. So figure them out, address them, chat with them about somebody that you know, like, and trust, and go get a new darn workout. That's it. All right. Well, as always, if you've been listening to this just audio only, of course, we appreciate it, but go to the BTWB YouTube channel, find this episode, go into the comments, let us know what you liked or didn't like. And if you have things that you struggle with, you want to air them out, go ahead and air them out. And if you have ideas for topics or guests that we should interview, throw them out there. Boz and I check those things out and we appreciate all your input. So for Adrian Bosman and Pat Sherwood, until next time, we'll see you then.